Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet. No GPS. No text messages. No podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. This is the Walking Dead TV Podcast, episode 156. This is Russ, and with me this week are Craig DeMonda and Jim Dietz. Hello, everybody. Hey, everybody. We found Jesus. <laughs> we did. Literally. And he's a car thief. Did, uh, so... <laughs> Did you did you always figure it was Jesus in the in the comics? Well, now it's canon and it's not. Okay, it, it's Negan and Jesus. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah. So let it be written. So let it be done. That sounds like the worst hymnal ever. <laughs> Negan and Jesus. Negan and Jesus. Turn Negan and to Jesus. page thirty-five in your hymnal for the song Negan and Jesus. <laughs> or either that, or it's just like the worst buddy comedy ever. <laughs> this episode was almost like a comedy, though. It was like a. Well, you had like the Rick and Daryl show going on. It was weird. You know? it, this was the weirdest yeah. episode. Yeah. I, well, they needed kind of an episode like that just to kind of recharge their batteries after everything. Else. I mean, you got to admit, the first half of the season has just been hitting hard with the zombie hordes. And then, yeah. you know, I mean, there, there hasn't been a chance for them to breathe. You yeah. Know? Um, my only, I think my only gripe with this episode was the lack of Morgan and Carol, really. Yeah. But they've done that before. I mean, more, Carol was out of a couple episodes in the first half of the season too. I guess, and I don't know. This was someone in our Facebook group called it like a Dukes of Hazard episode. It kind of was. It was just the I, two, yeah, the good old boys out there. I, I actually wish there was more focus to this episode. I, I think if there, I wish there was more. I wish this was almost one of those episodes like we got with like team ups in the past, like when we had the the Rick and Shane episode or. 16 yeah, miles. 16 miles yeah. where there was nothing else. It's still one of my favorite episodes of the whole yeah. series where it was just him and or it was Rick and Shane and that right. prisoner. Yep. And that was it. 18 miles out or something yeah, like that. I agree. Yeah. I wish they had gone for it with this episode and just had Rick and Daryl the whole time. I, I mean, I get – when you got to the end of the episode, I guess it made a little – I mean, we're jumping ahead a little bit. But it made a little bit more sense as to maybe why they structured it this way just be, based on that ending conversation. But I just think – the episode just seemed kind of all over the place. So, did we get ratings from last week's episode? Uh, from the premiere, yeah, yeah. So I did some digging and some looking, uh, and I found this thing. And I have no idea if this is accurate, but it seemed pretty accurate based on uh, the the actual ratings article I found that that talked about what the premiere numbers were, uh, and it kind of framed it in AMC in general that apparently the the premieres for Walking Dead and Better Call Saul were both very. Uh, very high. You know, they okay. both they both did very very well. Uh, and looking at The Walking Dead, this was like the highest episode uh, ratings wise. Period. Uh, it had a nine point eight rating, uh, and the next highest episode was season four, episode eight, which had a nine point seven. So it's kind of funny how even within seasons, these things have you know, fairly decent swings. This season has been a crazy swing where it's gone from, you know, at the lowest point, which was 
episode five of season six had a 7.4 rating. And I think that's when everybody thought, oh no, you know, it, it, is this the end? Like, is it, is the, you know, is, is, is it waning? You know, is, is the, the phenomenon over? And then from there, it just kind of took off. Uh, and then season eight finished down, you know, which I remember that was a big deal. Cause they were like, oh, for a finale, it finished lower. And that was an 8.1. And so it looks like no way out was a 9.8. So it looks like at least it's back up. Uh, again. So you said season four, episode eight. I just looked. That's the one where the prison fell. And, yeah, too far know, gone. Yeah. Too far gone, right. That's the one where uh, the governor came back for the, the third episode and took his revenge. That's interesting. So this one was slightly, slightly better than that. I guess that breaks the, you know, we were arguing about how you end a season and how you start the second half of a season. I guess it really doesn't matter. It seems like people tune in either way. So it worked out worked out fine, the starting off with a, with a bang. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, the next highest was... Season five, episode one, no sanctuary, which that makes sense. That was the whole. That was the terminus. The terminus, yeah. Based yeah. on how that season, you know, season four ended, that that made sense that that would that would be a bump. And I mean, these aren't huge, you know, nine point six, nine point seven, nine point eight. I mean, these are very you know thin margins. But I mean, the show for the most part, uh, you know, the median is right around eight point five rating, which an eight point five rating is kind of insane because. Uh, you know, we're, we're looking at, you know, other shows that are on network television that have ratings in the ones and the twos and they're, right. you know, NCIS is like one of those highest rated shows and it's got like a 2.4, 2.7 or something like that. <laughs> they would die for these ratings. They yeah. Would kill. So they would, it's, yeah. it's kind of insane that, uh, you know, th- this is four. you know, the rating rating points are four times higher. So, uh, pretty crazy. And yeah, better call Saul did very well too for its its premiere so yeah it wasn't bad I, I caught up on that it was pretty okay yeah I starting off slow again but you know it's on the dvr so i haven't had a chance to yeah the whole first season of uh better call Saul is on netflix too if people want to catch yeah it. yeah absolutely. you mean the, the first the last season the one or yeah okay season one season one season yes one. <laughs> that's what i meant when i said the first season oh i thought you said third i was, <laughs> I was like wait the third season no 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 I must have fell asleep for three years. I must have fell asleep. No, I'm a time traveler, and I went forward in time to see Better Call Saul. Season three hasn't even been produced yet. I got to see it. Are they calling him Saul yet? Saul good, man. Saul good, man. That's it. Uh, yeah, so that that was the last little bit, because I know we talked about it last time that we didn't have ratings numbers. I don't have ratings for episode two or episode ten, I guess I should say. Uh, but I thought it was worthwhile to talk about the premiere ratings because, again, they were just so high. It's all good news. It's all good, man. It's all good, man. <laughs> uh, so episode 10, um, it, this one starts off with Rick and Michonne, and uh, we see there's like a photo of... So it starts off in the, actually what we see is the photo of Carl and Judith, and he has the patch. He kind of has the bandage over his eye, Right. And when I saw the photo, I thought, well, did they just do a time jump? Like, like a, not even just like a small jump, but like a larger jump. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, we see this processed photo, uh, in this, in this frame. And then we see, um, Michonne and, and Rick and Michonne is, you know, just out of the shower or whatever. And then I thought, okay, are they a couple now? Like, are they, you know, what's, <laughs> what's going on? Cause they seem very cozy with each other. Didn't it feel like a Folgers commercial? Like, you know, almost the yeah. best part of waking up and you see yeah. you know, Michonne doing her hair and wrapped in a towel. Uh, the only th- it's a zombie kind of morning, <laughs> you know, Alexandria. <laughs> the best parts of waking up 
spilling the zombies' brains on the sidewalk and drinking a hot cup of Folgers. You know what I mean? I mean that that's the feeling I got I got from that opening. And actually, the first uh, image we see is Rick putting another notch in his belt, or another hole. I should say, not a notch. It's not like he killed somebody. It's another hole because he's losing weight. They're they're starving. Apparently, they're hungry, and he's trying to tighten the belt, so to speak. So what? And then you know, Michonne starts going on about uh, uh, toothpaste. She wants Rick to find a special kind of toothpaste, and so they're having this like very domestic, uh, this very domestic conversation, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah. It uh, seems like they say, and they also said this in The Talking Dead, but at least two months have passed, if we're talking about yeah, time jumps. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. they like expressly, I, I didn't catch anywhere in the episode, they expressly said how much time had passed. There was some saying, uh, I think it was been many weeks since we found somebody, I think Daryl said that when they were in the car. Um, so yeah. it's, it's but the, and then mm. uh, Denai Guerrero, Michonne, was on The Talking Dead, they said it's been at least two months, so she kind of, you know, uh, clarified it for everyone out there. But what about Jesse? Man, I guess that was a fun. I guess she's out of the picture now. I mean, obviously, I'm not gonna spoil the end of this episode, but I mean, wow. Okay, didn't take long to get over that one. I guess from what, Rick's standpoint. And it's funny because we talked about that last week, and you know, even Aaron was saying how you know he's pretty sure that they're pretty much dispatched, and we won't see much more of them. And he definitely called that one. That yeah, was, he was uh, he was yeah. definitely yeah. right. Um, So I, I, you know, I, yeah, I, and I guess fast forwarding things two months will, you know, kind of do that where you can just, you know, cruise on past it and not, and not even worry about it. So, uh, you know, the point of this is Rick and Daryl are going on a run Mm -hmm. and apparently they've been going on these runs very, very rather frequently because like, you know, like you were saying, Craig, they're running out of food, they're running out of uh, you know, supplies and everything else. Toothpaste. Yeah, yeah toothpaste. Sorghum. Yeah. Sure. yeah. <laughs> the envy of all the corns. I've never heard of that before. I, I mean, I never even thought that was real. I thought Eugene was making it up, but obviously I guess it is true. I remember being on Little House on the Prairie all the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah they needed gingham and sorghum. Gingham and sorghum. Well, and also Denise was talking to Daryl before they went out in the ride and asking for pop. Or I guess soda for the rest of us out there. Yeah, and um, that was a cute little scene. She was like nervous or whatever, stammering in front of Daryl. I thought that was kind of cute. Yeah, yeah, I I enjoyed that. Yeah, candy bars and 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 soda pop. And right. uh, the the only th- the one thing that was very strange with this episode that just kind of came in and was never referenced again and never really went anywhere and to me didn't really mean anything was the conversation with Maggie and Enid. It's almost like this this felt like maybe they cut the episode short like when they kind of pulled the final edit together they were like, "Oh man, we're like two and a half minutes short. Like we need something else." And they kind of scavenged for footage or something and threw that thing with Maggie and Enid because Maggie doesn't show up in the rest of the episode. The conversation the two of them had really didn't have much to do with Anything. I mean, I guess maybe you could say that kind of formed the way Enid was thinking in the rest of the episode, but it was just, it came across as awkward and it didn't felt, feel like it fit. I don't know. I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on, on it. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. I think it didn't fit really the rest of the story. But then again, in the back of my head, I was thinking, well, they've done a pretty good job fleshing out all these Alexandria people. 
but there were like filler episodes where they did that in, where it was just, okay, this is an Alexandria episode. This is where we're just learning about their backstory. So maybe this was done deliberately just to give Enid a little bit more depth again. They're trying to work this character pretty hard this season. Um, but it, it, it was an odd conversation. It definitely felt like a del- deleted scene on the Blu-ray. You're right about that. Yeah. It's something that could have, like like we were saying at the beginning of the episode, I felt this whole episode could have been streamlined a lot more, like more focused on just the supply run itself. And it seemed like everybody had to have their moment, you know? And like some of those moments are cool. Like the bit with Denise and Tara was nice, you know, and, and, and stuff like that. But like, uh, it just seemed like everybody had to, you know, they sometimes The Walking Dead suffers from the fact that it feels like it has to touch on every cast member in every episode. And I don't really feel like it has to. And sometimes, you know, we get scenes like that where it just feels like, you know, Maggie was included just to include Maggie. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's, I mean, I wish the episode had been a little more streamlined, focused on just the supply run itself. I think it would have been a better episode overall. We could have, I don't know. It would, I don't know. I I guess It, it wasn't a bad, I'm not saying it was a bad episode. I'm just saying that my one like real criticism of it, I think it would have been stronger if it had just been a little more focused, a little more zeroed in. I think what they're trying to do, because really Enid and Maggie didn't have any screen time together except last episode where she kind of saved Maggie or attempted to save her. So maybe they're trying to form this bonding between Maggie and Enid and they just had to start it here, plant the seeds for it, and maybe it's going to blossom into something big. It'll be a big sister, little sister kind of relationship or who knows. Yeah, but maybe, maybe that, that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, it could be. So Rick and, and Daryl head off, uh, and it was kind of funny because Rick gets in the car. You could definitely – the one thing I appreciate with this episode is you could definitely tell – and we've gone through this a couple times with this with this series, but, but it seems like we're kind of on this path now at least for Rick uh, until probably something terrible happens and he switches his mood again. But, like, he's kind of got it. Like, he knows that Alexandria is, is a good place – you know, he feels confident that the people there are, are strong enough to work with him, that they can, you know, build a life there, you know, that they can they can fix what's broken and kind of get back on the right track. And, you know, he turns on the radio and starts listening to his music because it makes him kind of feel, you know, how things were before everything broke down. And Daryl is just like, I cannot believe you are listening to this. Like anything but this. Like, He's like, no, please. no, please don't put it on. Don't. Yeah. Which obviously you could tell that this isn't the first time that this has happened. Like this is a recurring theme uh, yeah. for for him to have to suffer through Rick's music. And then Rick also had a comment. He's like, "Oh, it draws the walkers away from the from our place. You know, just yeah. okay. It brings yeah. brings them away from home or something." <laughs> but I, I do understand what some of the people on the Facebook group are saying about this. Um, uh, seeming like a Duke of ha- Dukes of Hazard. You know, yeah, somebody said that. Can, I'm trying to find out who it was. I can almost yeah. hear like Waylon Jennings, you know, doing the the. <laughs> oh, by that time, uh, Daryl and Rick got the most. That was Hogtied Railroad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Boss Hog sure had a hold on them now. <laughs> Especially when their keys got stolen. Like I could, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> yeah. now. I mean, there was that one I uh, uh, scene where um, Daryl and Jesus are chasing each other. They could have done like yakety sacks <laughs> from from Benny Hill. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, I think it's oh, a little bit lighter here. You know, and this episode was good after everything. You know, yeah, the past few. So of course they're out and about. They come across the sorghum. Uh, they make a turn. They uh, they come across these trucks. And, of course, one truck happens to just have food and all kinds of stuff in it. And uh, so they decide to leave the car and take the truck. 
Uh, and it's funny when they first went up on the trucks, I kept waiting for like something bad to happen. Like, yeah. you know, they'd open up a, a, either it was a trap, like they'd open a truck and then, um, you know, there would be walkers inside of it or they'd open a truck and, you know, or, you know, get knocked over the head or, you know, whatever. And so then they, you know, they, they get the, you know, they, it turns out everything's fine. They get in the truck, they start driving, then they go to stop. Uh, and what was funny is they, so they turn the truck off and I'm like, why, why wouldn't you just leave it running? Like, why would you, like, if you're concerned that maybe it wouldn't start again, like I would be concerned about that. Um, I guess maybe the argument is if you left it running and somebody came up, they would just get in the mm. truck and take off, but, or fuel was low or something. I mean, who knows? I mean, yeah, it's, but it's dramatic, you know, but it, I don't know. It just, it just seemed, seemed a little weird to me, but, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, the thing you, what you say about the, bringing the images of the truck being a trap, we've seen that before. We've seen it where the wolves set a trap in these type yeah. of box trucks yeah. or container trucks or things of that nature. So that's why it's probably in your head. And it also, I mean, it's in my head too. I shouldn't say just your head. It was in, I was thinking the same thing. And you feel Negan out there. I mean, you know yeah. he's out there lurking somewhere. And, right. And, See, right. That one, I had the similar thoughts that you guys did that it was probably some sort of trap or whatever yeah. or some uh, enticement. But I was thinking that it was a Negan thing. Speaking of that, do you want to address that with, 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 with the car from last week everyone's been talking about in the background? Do you, do you think there's anything to that? I really didn't. You know the hidden car. Did you guys? You know, you know what I'm talking about, right? With that. Yeah, I just yeah. assumed it was a, it was a goof. Mm-hmm. But the show's pretty tight. I mean, they could have CG that out. You think they really just missed it? Yeah. I don't know. I don't Maybe. Know. Yeah, but then again, it wasn't on the nose enough where people were going to notice. Yeah, I don't know. It was strange. It was just odd. Uh, conspiracy theory stuff, I guess. I mean, I get. I guess. At this point, it's been months. So if there mm. truly was somebody that saw that happen, where those guys got blown up, yeah, and all that was going on, why wouldn't they like? Why wait months to do nothing? You know what mm. I mean? Like, mm. it seems like if if there were if they if that was the case, there would have been something that have, that happened by now. But yeah, that's that's just me. Who knows? No, it's, it's just it's yeah. I guess you're right. I mean, the show's pretty tight, but maybe they just they I guess they make mistakes too. They're yeah, it's easy. Maybe I they mean, missed it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, even big budget movies have weird stuff happen. You know, jets flying overhead and right. you know anachronisms and things like that. Or that people are, walking in slippers or something when they're supposed to be wearing boots or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Weird, weird things like that. Yeah, yeah I think there's a bit in The Godfather where there's like a jet that flies overhead in the fifties <laughs> that you know wasn't invented yet. You know, right, just right. Things like that, but yeah. I mean, it's just pretty interesting, though. I mean, also the, the the sorghum thing. It's like Eugene tells them to look for this, and they feed, they see a barn with it painted all over the side of the barn. It's like, how could you how could you miss that? I was like, come on, this is so <laughs> obvious. This is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but then they found, of course, they find the the candy slash soda machine. Not exactly sure how that works. I guess it's all cold, but. Um, oh yeah, I didn't, they, I didn't even think about that. Oh wow, that's pretty. Yeah, it's like yeah. usually the candy's in one and the soda's in soda's a, in the other, another yeah. one. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Wow. So they they use the truck to tip the machine back over and and want to get the soda out of it, uh, and of course that's when they they run into Jesus and uh, or Jesus, well, Jesus runs, runs into, into, the, Rick, into guess, them. Right? Yeah. yeah, they find Jesus. They find Jesus. <laughs> He's right there. <laughs> uh, which is a cool moment, you know, for those that follow the comics. That was a pretty cool moment for them to come across him, uh, and they kind of have a little bit of a standoff, and they end up. You letting them in a in a kind of weird twist. They they kind of let them get away. You know, again, you know, we saw Rick, you know, back I guess season two, 
or was it season three where he, um, what was that episode, uh, Nebraska, where he, mm-hmm. uh, he, you know, he just shoots those guys, you know, when you know something kind of hinky's going on. And oh, so, in the bar. Yeah. With, with yeah. Him. Right. And yeah. so he, you know, lets them, lets them go. And of course they, uh, hear hear what sounds like you know gunfire or whatever and they run around the corner and it turns out it's firecrackers in a barrel and it attracts walkers and that's when daryl says he stole your keys didn't he and yeah, they turn he around and, yeah it was cool yeah <laughs> and the truck of course you know he drives away in the truck and then they start Daryl does not like him at no all. no you can no. see that <laughs> and jesus's name is paul rovia it says here i, I wrote down which i don't know if that means anything beyond that that's his name or in the comics, if they go back and forth to that or not, but uh, yeah, Paul Rovia, which I think he he did a really like he did a good job. Like the actor they cast as him, uh, Tom Payne, I think it was a good choice. Like he looked the part, you know, the long hair and the beard and right. you know everything. It it definitely looked like him. So Another British that... actor. We we can't grow actors here in the U.S. It seems like it's like if you have you need a guy with long hair, you have to go to England to get him and bring him over, right? Yeah. It's it. funny too because I have a, I have a friend that we all his real name is is Sean, but everyone calls him Jesus because he has long hair and a beard. And when he has to dress up for Halloween or costume party or whatever, he always goes as Jesus, you know? <laughs> buddy Buddy Christ. Yeah, he's been Buddy Christ, but like he's but like uh, like at my wedding party, for instance, he came as Jesus. How funny! I have a picture of him and uh, my one of my wife's coworkers is the devil, like but, you know. <laughs> with my arm around each one, nice. But yeah, I mean, we call him, we call him Jesus, so I mean, it can't be a nickname. Uh, it's not unheard of. You know? Sure, sure. Then of course, Rick and uh, Daryl. After after they keep running and keep running and keep running, they you know it's Daryl the tracker again, where they're picking up, uh, you know, tracks on the road and everything, and uh, they come across him trying to you know he's trying to change the tire, uh, and then they're able to get him and they tie him up. And this is where it's just kind of like one of those funny things where it's like they tie the guy up. They kind of they still don't just shoot him. It's like, okay, he's stolen your truck and set you up to where walkers would come at you, you know, but yet you're still going to let him live. And so, you know, Rick's response is, well, the ropes aren't the knots aren't that tight. And so they're driving away. You know, they, they go on down the road and they've probably been traveling for quite a while. And they realize that uh, I guess what they hit a bump or something like that, and they yeah uh, they they realize <laughs> Daryl realizes that he's uh, he's on the roof, and so Rick I love Rick is like watch this, <laughs> slams on the brakes, and of course he goes flying, and then then we get the you know Daryl decides to get out, you know Rick just wants to kind of chase him around in the truck, which yeah. you know that's not going to work so well. Um, but you covered a lot there. If I can go back just for one second, uh, yeah, when, yeah. when they when they get to uh, Jesus, when they find him changing the tire and they kind of ambush him, Rick does this kind of bear hug on him from behind, and and Jesus does this crazy kung fu like stuff. He hits him in the yes. head and knocks him yes. back with an elbow, flips him over. Yeah. Same, I mean, I was like, wow, this guy's actually pretty pretty badass. I mean, you know, doing some or crazy master of Krav Maga or something. Absolutely, I mean. yeah, yeah. Some he's really like you know, special art, uh, martial arts or something. So I thought that was really neat. The only way really he got down is Rick knocked him down, and they both draw their guns on him, and he stops for a minute, and then Rick does his little um, his little head tilt, his little you know, I want the keys now, and he kind of does a little little head tilt, and he goes, "This is done," and he kind of you know he 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 let him know that that was the end of, of, of his run. But I think this is also made to demonstrate that Rick has changed a lot. If this was 
Rick from maybe six or seven or eight episodes ago, Jesus would be a goner. He'd be done. Oh, sure. He'd be shot yeah. in the head. So Rick has come full circle again, and he's definitely valuing life a lot more than he has at least eight episodes ago. Almost kind of remind me, like, remember in the in in the Hangover when Ken Jeong kind of came out of the trunk and just like went crazy on. <laughs> it's like, who is this guy? Like all of a sudden he's got all these crazy, you know, fighting skills just out of nowhere, <laughs> and it, it just kind of reminded me of something like that, where it's like this unsuspecting person just just totally schools you. Um, but Rick must not know how to tie a knot because, I mean, he was literally in the truck and then driving away, what, a few seconds after? I, I don't understand how he can possibly get rid of those ropes and jump on top of the truck. But, hey, it's, I, I, you know. I think it was more to just show that this guy has skills. Yeah, like, okay. And even in the comics, he's kind of like that kind of crafty, okay. uh, slick kind of guy. It's so, like Jason Bourne of the zombie apocalypse. He's got yeah, all these crazy yeah. skills yeah. that were taught to him. Okay. Yeah, so I think it was meant to not not so much be that Rick is incompetent as much it is, as it is this guy is is a is a true badass. So I now want to see Morgan and Jesus go at it. That's what I want to see. I want to see who <laughs> whose Jedi skills and you know Israeli martial arts, uh, <laughs> Steven Seagal skills can come out here. So the, you know Daryl starts chasing him, and it's kind of funny, like uh, like in, Jim in was saying earlier. Yeah. yeah, you almost you almost can hear the Benny Hill music as they kind of cha- you know run around the truck and chase each other. And why you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it was the music very... did change. I mean, Brad McCreary actually put this kind of whimsical music in there. It yeah. was different. It was yeah. yeah. <laughs> so of course, you know, all that stuff happens. Then Rick gets out. They try and grab him. They get in the truck somehow. Rick shuts the truck off. The key is out, mm. but yet the truck goes from park to neutral or park to reverse. And I was like, how yeah. does that happen? You're, like, you're noticing a lot of automobile things that are not consistent with reality. I agree with you, but I don't yeah. bring them up to slow this program down here. Okay. But, but <laughs> I mean, did you notice that too? Did you I like, absolutely how did they get out of park? You, you like, cannot <laughs> shift from park without having your foot on the brake and having the key in the ignition on that kind of Ford, but it's okay. It's fine. No problem. It's, I thought, it's okay, the walking well, dead. If it was a standard, I, okay, you pop it out of, you know. Yeah, you can. The thing I always notice is how many Hyundais survive the apocalypse. <laughs> yes. That's true. But as opposed to other brands of cars. If we're talking oh, about. Oh, by the, the way, we need to say this whole segment is brought to you by Orange Crush. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but we haven't seen Hyundai the last couple of seasons. We've seen more like Dodge and Chrysler. Like, yeah, this right. was a Chrysler 300 they were, they were cruising those, around in. And then last season, there was a. Season, those first few seasons, they definitely had a licensing deal with Hyundai. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. we mentioned on the podcast a few times, it's like. How come Hyundai's are the only cars that we ever see of the after the apocalypse? <laughs> they, they look so clean too. They're all nice and mo- right. new model years, right. everything, right? Yeah, yeah. I know Shane had that green, that green Hyundai, whatever yep. it was, Santa Fe or Tucson. Mm-hmm. I can't remember which one when that was, but yeah. So look, you know, when it comes to automobiles and reality, we have to suspend our disbelief a little bit, sure. just like we do with zombies running around. That, that's all. Yeah. And of course, the truck then falls into the water and sinks. And the only, you know, the real redeeming thing is, you know, Daryl says, you know, it's like, you know, karma. Like it had to, like it had, it had to be this way. Like, you know, law of averages. Well, that's what Rick said um, at the beginning of the episode. He goes, "Yeah, law of averages. We're going to find something." And he goes, "Yeah, yeah, law of averages. That's BS." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <He's> yeah. Like, <laughs> that that truck looked like it really sank, though. I think. They definitely drowned the truck. I don't think that was CG. No, I, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. I think they, they, they sunk that sucker. And, of course, had a few little bubbles to come up at the end just to you know let you know it's yeah. down there. Yeah. And it was funny, to, to back up a little bit, while they were chasing the truck down, Daryl has a couple cans of the crush, 
And so at one point they, you know, one of them got, you know, popped open. So they, you know, they're drinking from, from a <laughs> hole in the can. Uh, and then Rick opens the other one and they just kind of shotgun it. It's kind of funny. But yeah. Just Listen, the whole. I had a taste for one thing. this morning. I was, I was in this, the store. I bought one. I was like, okay. I, 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 somehow I went orange crust this morning. I don't know why, but that's what I. I can see them putting that footage in slow motion. <laughs> the drink of the zombie apocalypse. Orange crush. See, marketing works. Yeah. Coral. Coral. Come get some orange crush. And chocolate pudding. It's a good mix. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so, of course, at that point, they're able to subdue Jesus, and, and this time they kind of get him for good. Well, actually, they didn't really subdue him. The only way Jesus got – I had to watch this twice to pick this up – the only way he actually got subdued was the truck hit him in the head. The door right. was open. Right, the door was, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it nailed him. Rick and Daryl couldn't stop this guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, again, I think it adds to, it adds something to it. I mean, I appreciated that, the fact that this guy is, is just like, it's almost like he's uh, superhuman or, you know, like, uh, like mystical or, yeah. you know, it's just like he's got this weird quality about him that, Kung and I guess, Fu. you know, his name is Jesus. So yeah. they kind of played up on it, but it just, I don't know. It kind of fit. <laughs> it, it fit for me at least. Um, but while all this is going on, uh, we kind of, we kind of cut in and out of this, but, but while this is going on, uh, Carl and Enid go out into the woods and apparently for weeks they've been doing this. This is kind of their thing that, that they do. Uh, and and Jim, I don't know if you noticed this, but Carl was reading uh, copies of Invincible mm-hmm. out in the out in the in the woods, which I thought I was did. Funny. I so, did. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, uh, Invincible is the other long running comic book series that Robert Kirkman writes uh, and for Image and for Image and has put out, and is just as good, in my opinion, as The Walking Dead. I really, really like Invincible. Um, it's it's been running about as long as well. I mean, they're very, I, th- I think it started really close to the time the walking dead started. Uh, so it's, it's kind of, it's, it's been around pretty much as long as, uh, as Invincible's the was great. It's like, uh, the trappings of Superman wrapped in a Spider-Man teenage and he's grown up in the comic as time has gone on. And yeah, I don't know, it, it's just really good. Um, I'd love to see like a, an invincible animated series. Oh, it'd be fantastic. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. Did you guys notice yeah, that they, that was the same out, same hollowed out tree that they were in last season? No, I thought that was. Like I thought, I, I, it looked like they were in front of that same tree that when they it, Carl needed, you know, hidden during that that uh, scene. Oh, it might have been. It might have. It been. felt like that was the same little area. Like that was the same tree. Like that's their. It makes sense. Yeah, I guess. I don't know if I, I just thought it was yeah. cool. They kind of had their space, you know, where they just kind of go and decompress mm-hmm. and, you know, just kind of hang out and. You know, as they're out there, they, they they see another walker, and Carl is adamant about telling Enid. You know, Enid says, "Look, I don't I don't think I want to come out here anymore." And so, this is the only tie I saw back to the Maggie conversation is maybe Maggie making a point of telling Enid that she's part of the family now, that she's one of the you know that that you know that whole conversation that maybe that's what spurred her to think, well, maybe it's time I start to act like a member of the society instead of always running away and running out into the woods mm. and, you know, just doing this. But, um, but Enid's kind of weird anyway. So, you know, it, it wouldn't have been that big of a jump for her to kind of, you know, for that to happen. But, uh, but Carl tells her to go back. She doesn't want to go back. And he's really forceful when they see that Walker that we don't really see. We kind of 
get you know we see Carl's face and he just kind of has that look on his face. Yeah. You see the feet. Um, Carl's definitely pants. keeping his eye on it. Uh, <laughs> oh, I had to. Yeah. All right. So if, the, if that was the C story, then the B story was with Michonne following uh, Spencer yeah. for hire into the woods too. I mean, there's been a few. Yeah. Stories. So, find yeah. So, zombie Deanna. Yeah. So Spencer. Yeah. So Spencer's going out into the woods with a shovel on his back. Uh, and then Michonne's up in the tower, and she decides to go down. Although, who took her place? Like, who's the watcher on the wall? If uh, and she like left if, the gun up there too. I think she left. Yeah, she yeah. left the gun too. I was like, what? <laughs> what? Okay. I guess she has her sword. So yes, true. She doesn't uh, need it. So yeah, so she follows Spencer out there. Uh, a walker comes up. Spencer is going to kill it, and then Michonne says, "No, I'll take care of it." Cuts its head off, and she's trying to get to the bottom of why Spencer's out there, and Spencer will not tell her. He just won't. He's like, "Look, there's something I got to do." And, you know, it's the typical story trope of, like, I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to tell you, you know, even though, you know, why wouldn't you tell him? So they're out doing their thing, and Michonne spots Carl out there uh, as well. So, she, you know, it's kind of like all this stuff kind of going on at once. Uh, and when we find out what's going on is, like like Jim mentioned, it's it's zombie Deanna. And the reason Spencer, Spencer kind of got a glimpse of her. At one point, and right. it's just kind of been his mission to try and find her and, uh, you know, and, and, you know, give her proper, proper burial, you know, put, put her, put her to rest. And when Carl saw her, Carl was kind of leading, was trying to lead her back, I guess, because, uh, it, we'll get to that a little later on too, but, um, you know, but he's, he's got his own motivations for wanting to do that. Uh, and so eventually they come upon her and, you know, at that point, Michonne understands, and uh, Spencer puts her down, and they they actually give her a proper burial, yeah, under a nice little tree with a little D carved in it. But yeah, a couple yeah. of questions though. I mean, Carl, I think, was leading Deanna because he saw exactly where Spencer was. They knew he knew right. where where Michonne was. He leading Deanna to Spencer, or trying to lead her back to the community? You think? Where do you think he was going with her? I don't know. I thought I think almost maybe like he was just making sure she didn't get too far away, like that she would stay either stay close to the to the camp to Alexandria or to make sure she just didn't wander off too far. Um, okay. Or he may have just been, you know, trying to get her back there to where he could go get Spencer and say, hey, Here she is. I found her. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah OK. I, I, I just didn't really understand. I, I understood it, but I, I didn't know how far they wanted to go with what, what Carl was doing with her. Yeah. I. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's all right. I mean, it's a cool story. I, I think it's all right. I mean, look, it, and they, they did have a lot of Michonne in here too. We really kind of glossed over this, but I mean, was, so there was some development of Michonne and her talking about her final moments with Deanna and what Deanna imparted in her. What do you want yeah. for yourself? What do you want from this world? You know, take charge of yourself, and you know that that's obviously comes to fruition at the end of this episode, big time. So uh, there was some growth there for, for for Michonne. Yeah, and she kind of confides in Spencer that you know her you know her his mother is the reason why she you know for once wants to start living again you know to to make a home here and to be there and to feel like she's part of a family and not just be this crazy loner that runs with a sword out in the woods you know with two jawless armless uh, walkers chained to her you know so i thought i thought that was you know again like you said more character development with michonne which you know we we talked about Last season we talked, or earlier part of this season we talked about it in the show in the past that in the in the early incarnations of Michonne that was one of the things that we you know were were critical of is the fact that she didn't have much character development she didn't really say very much yeah. you know 
Yeah, and so you know, if if nothing else, over the last two seasons, this the show has really done is start to develop her as a as a as a fuller character, and I think the show is is much much better for it. And I think, given the events of this episode, I think that's that trend will continue uh, in a very good way. Now, do you think the new status quo relationship between Rick and Michonne? Do you think that's paying off something that's been building up for a long time, or do you think that just kind of came out of nowhere? I've I got seen some thoughts on it. Do you want to get to that now? I mean, I got a lot of thoughts on this, but it's up to you. I yeah. Mean, so, so yeah. All right. Well, let me let me just kind of finish. Well, oh, sorry. Yeah. No, I no, no. Get ahead of you. No, no. I mean, no, no, I, no. I could talk, definitely talk about. Yeah, it. let's. I got a lot of thoughts. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Well, I think they've been planting seeds on this for a long time. Obviously, they're, they're now they're hooked up a little bit on the couch at the end of the episode, and then obviously they slept together as well, uh, as we saw, and they're. Let me put this. I think Scott Gimple's been planting little seeds of this for many, many years. And we finally see it come to fruition now. When we didn't expect it to, but it just kind of happened. I'm very much for this. I like this little Rick Michonne thing. I think they they are very much equals um, in a lot of ways. And, and I think it, it, they make a very cool Walking Dead couple. I think maybe even more than Glenn and Maggie do in a lot of ways. Um, I'm, I'm very much for this. And it's been hap- it's been brewing for a while. I agree. I've noticed little things uh, between the two of them as well. And most of it, you know, uh, Carl's kind of the catalyst of it. You know, just the way, and Judith, just the way to, that you see her take towards Carl and then the way that, that her and Rick kind of act around each other. That's why I thought, um, I mean, I, I thought the Jesse thing was cool, but I I think if there's any criticism it's it's like that, and maybe that's why they they decided to to jettison her is be is because they that that's the direction they really wanted to go with Michonne. Mm. Um, but I'm I'm with I'm with Craig. I think I've seen them plant seeds for this uh, prior. This didn't seem to come out of nowhere to me. Yeah, I mean, it started really if we go back to the episode Clear, uh, which again Scott Gimple's hallmark episode, which kind of I guess got him the job, if you want to say of. of running this show because he write, he wrote such a great episode and wrote many great episodes before he got the showrunner position. Um, Rick had this little, he looked her up and down. There was some little looks. There was some glances. She even confided in him and said, look, I, I understand you see things. It's kind of cool. You know, I, I get it. And, you know, they, they had this kind of bonding thing and this fellow warrior status for quite a while. And, um, and I guess, and I, I did watch The Talking Dead, I guess when, the way Denai Guerrero put it was pretty cool. It's like, well, they finally had a couple of months to not be fighting for their lives, and they're living in the same house together. They finally had a chance to relax and actually, okay, become who they are and just let nature take its course. And uh, I, I'm cool. I think it's very cool. I like it a lot. Would you? Would you? Did you think it kind of came out of left field, Jim? Or did I don't you... know. I, I, I think both the characters have had like a healthy respect and friendship for each other for a long time. I mean that's obvious. I mean, and they built that respect, uh, um, you know, with each other for for a long period of time. I guess it, I didn't feel like it came out of nowhere so much that they hadn't really built on that idea recently. You know what I mean? Sure. I mean, yeah. I, I yeah. understand what you're saying, Craig. That it's been building over a long period of time, but I saw that more as like just like a building a mutual respect, just because of the situations they had both been through together and gotten through together and everything. And I could also see what the the point you're saying that tonight Guerrero made that you know they, you know they they have all this shared experience, 
you know, they've been you know together for a while and then they're you know, living in this house together and things that, you know, you, you already have that, that trust and that respect built. I mean, I could see that kind of, you know, I could see what happening, you know, or I could see what is happening happen. I just didn't think in the recent episodes there was anything, no. you know, that kind of signified that at all. Which makes it more fascinating. Does that make, think, does that make sense? It, like, yeah, I didn't think it made, I didn't think it came out left field so much as I didn't think it was foreshadowed at all recently like in this season or whatever yeah i think that's fair I, i'm also thinking back to when rick was almost killed by the governor and kind of convalescing you know and, and and he sees he glances and sees michonne taking care of carl again and they were in that house with, with, the, with the claimers caught up to him and like you know they've been through a lot together he sees that michonne is really good for his family she's taking care of carl she's taking care of judith they're living in the same house i mean it, it's um He's come to a new place in his, his life too. He's got a new understanding of things now. I, I think it's 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 been leading up to this, although it's very very subtle, and you have to watch the whole thing to pick up on it. But I, it works for me. It doesn't feel forced in any in any way. I think it's an interesting coupling too, just considering you know going forward the story you know going forward. Uh, that's like a whole you know, different dimension to the way they're going to react to each other and the way everyone will react to their partnership. Well, now I'm worried about Michonne. I mean, now, you know what I mean? I, I thought this was, this was coming for a while, but I said, if it does, that means she's she's a goner, right? I mean, that, it's, it's kind of where it's going to lead, right? I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not, I have not even talked about the comics. I haven't even gotten that far in the comics, so I don't even know. But it's like, is something going to happen maybe in her storyline now? And that's going to affect Rick. Who knows? But it would be fun to watch, at least, for the for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I, I agree. Other little tidbit, too, when they drove in to, back to Alexandria, that the sign was up there. It says, Welcome to Alexandria Safe Zone. Mercy for the lost. Vengeance for the plunderers. Pretty cool little, Heck yeah. little town sign. That's right. Don't take any crap. That's it. <laughs> so they they all make it... Once they all make it back, uh, it, the, the funniest thing... Uh, when you know when they take you know they realize Jesus has been hit in the head they need to take him uh to get looked at so they take him to Denise and she looks at him and and Daryl walks in and he's like yeah that other thing didn't work out it's this asshole's fault yeah. <laughs> just that was so mm-hmm. Daryl it was so awesome he hates this guy like, it's great yeah it's so good that's the line of the night <laughs> yeah uh, so I thought that was that was kind of funny so obviously they uh, and then, of course, Daryl, they Daryl and uh, Rick look at each other, and it's like, "So we'll do this tomorrow." And they both like, "Yep." <laughs> so it's just kind of like this, uh, <laughs> you know. They, again, it just kind of continues. And and given how the the beginning of the episode started, you know, with them kind of domesticated uh, in this domestic situation, and then we get to the end of the episode, it it was so funny because it was almost like a a sitcom, right? Like. Yeah. Right, you know, they're flopping on the couch after a long day of zombie killing. You know, it didn't just, feel like The Walking Dead. Just, <sighs> yeah. yeah. And then Michonne, you know, she, oh, we found a guy. And she's like, you found a guy? And, you know, she he starts <laughs> explaining all this. And it's like it's like he's talking about like a hard day at the office. Like, you know, the you know the he just had to deal with, you know, these people and his boss and all this other kind of stuff. And he's, she explains all that. And I love the way Michonne looks at him. And she's like, oh, you had a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> It was just a really good conversation that the two of them had, just kind of telling each other about, you know, 
you know, honey, how was your day? And, uh, <laughs> in, in you know, this like world. this is a normal, yeah. you know, this is kind of getting back to normalcy again, like, like we talked about. Yeah. And so, you know, they, they're just kind of having this conversation and everything. And well, I mean, we haven't had the time or the chance to breathe and have good character moments like this for a yeah. while. So. Yeah. But it was just such a cool, like I said, I just, I, I, I just thought it was, it made the fact that this wasn't just a, uh, Rick and Daryl episode, that's what made this pay off, is the fact that if Michonne was, if we just had the part in the beginning, and then we just had this now, it it doesn't, like, you kind of empathize with Michonne a little more, too, to say, like, okay, you know, we both had this crazy day, and we're, you know, we're just going to share it at the end, you know, at the end. I mean, I, I still believe that if this was just a Rick and Daryl episode, I think it would have been tighter. I think it would have allowed for maybe some growth with th- those two as characters and maybe, you know, got a little bit more of, of what's going on with Jesus. But, but, you know, given that we got this moment at the end, uh, I, I kind of backed away. Uh, so, you know, during the episode, I was like, man, this would be so much better if this was just Daryl and Rick. And then when I got to the end and, and this all happened, I was like, okay, well maybe I guess that makes yeah. sense as to why they interspersed the other stuff. Like it was to get to this moment right here. That part was pretty awesome. Yeah. It is yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah. He pulls uh, the mints out of his pocket. He, he, he reached yeah. in and he reached in and when, when he got the vending machine on the street, he did in the second rewatch, I caught it. He reached in and grabbed the mints and put yes. it in his back pocket. Like I, I didn't catch mm-hmm. it on the first viewing. Like, oh, okay. That was pretty slick. And at first I was like, man, tell me he doesn't have like a candy bar or something in there because <laughs> if he pulls out a candy bar, it's like, I ain't eating that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was kind of funny that it was, it was the, wintergreen lifesavers or whatever yeah. and he kind of put his hand in hers and then i guess it was like a, yeah. like, like a tap it was like a little like a little tap thing but then she kind of grabbed him back and that was that it. it just kind of happened right there and I, it felt very natural i thought it was fine i didn't i didn't feel it was forced or just i mean no. going back to season two all right i'll have sex with you glenn let's go okay in the drugstore why not yeah you know it's like that was more out of desperation like this <laughs> this didn't seem out of desperation this seemed out of like you know legitimate you know developed you know caring and intimacy between them so yep. yeah it was good but and then so of course then we we cut next morning the two of them are, are laying in in this bed they're completely naked they hear something rick stands up and grabs the gun and he's he's completely naked michonne stands up right next to him she's completely <laughs> naked sword. Yeah. yeah grabs her sword <laughs> so it's it was the way that shot was like framed and timed and edited, I thought was genius. I mean, I don't, this episode to me wasn't as greatly directed as, I mean, obviously when Nick, you know, we all have a soft spot for Nicotero when he, uh, you know, directs it's, it's something. And I know Michelle McLaren's come in and done a couple episodes that we've been really happy with, but I thought this shot here, it was perfectly framed, perfectly cut. And, uh, and Jesus kind of looks at Rick and he's like, yeah, we need to talk. And it's just like, that's where it ends. And it, it, uh, I just thought that was, that was a really cool capper to, to the episode. Yeah, it's very cool. And actually the director, her name was Carrie Scogland. She never directed any Walking Dead episodes, but she did direct several or a couple at least of Fear the Walking Dead. So I guess she cut her teeth over there. Gosh, it wasn't any of the flight stuff, was it? I don't know about that. No one's claiming <laughs> uh, any, any credits on that one. And we did. We did. Okay. Now that you bring up Flight Four Sixty Two, we did have development. The, the flights are out in Phoenix, and they're out everywhere. Dun dun dun. We can't land. And yeah, that was yeah, your they were like, Flight well, we Four Sixty Two moment of the week. <laughs> Thank you. <Yeah. laughs> we can, 
would she say we can't land anywhere because they're you know it's it, like it's happening every yeah the Asian lady's know. like we gotta land this plane and the stewardess that got bit or scratched or whatever says oh no they're trying but there's no lights in Phoenix there's no lights anywhere the lights are out everywhere and that was it oh it was the lights the lights okay, the power gotcha. or whatever okay. yeah the, gotcha right. gotcha because we saw the lights you know flicking out when they were p- taking off where all the lights were going off and, yeah. we should gotcha. record an intro for you know each week for the flight 462 <laughs> moment and have it have it be longer than the actual webisode or episode <laughs> yeah yeah. Wouldn't be hard to do. <laughs> no, it would not. We can definitely get on that. Before we get to our ratings, let's take a moment to talk to our, about our sponsor. Shall we? I think we shall. We should. We should. Yes. That would be DCBService.com. Uh, it's your one-stop pop culture shop for comics, graphic novels, uh, hardcover collections of comics, uh, toys, action figures, uh, comic and pop culture-related t-shirts, um, right now, one of their big specials, I know I've been really enjoying the X-Files, uh, uh, re- uh reunion show. Awesome. The, the six, it is awesome. I want the show back series. now. It is that good. I want them to finish out the season. Well, they're bringing back the X-Files comic and you can get the first issue for 60% off at DCBService.com if you order it now. Um, I, 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 I love the X-Files, so I'm definitely probably going to jump on that. But if you, uh, if you're looking for <laughs> Walking Dead, if you want to get into the comics and the, uh, you know, in any form, in the single issues, in the uh, uh, the single trades, all the way up to the giant compilation phone books that have like forty eight episodes or forty eight issues in one book, or the really nice hard covers they have now, uh, the Walking Dead uh, action figures that are coming out, and uh, dioramas that are coming out from McFarlane are super sweet. Uh, anything you can find in the Previews World catalog, which is a giant pop culture catalog of everything that comes out every year, you can get at DCB Service for a huge discount, usually 40, 50, sometimes 60, 70% off, depending on what you're looking for. Uh, you can even get 5% off on your digital comics orders by do, uh, going through DCB Service. And uh, using Comixology, you get 5% kickback. Uh, the Marvel relaunch, all the new uh, books from that, 50% off. Also 50% off on all the DC trades and hardcovers. That's all of them. So if you want to uh, catch up on your Dark Knight uh, Returns before uh, you know Batman v Superman or anything like that, by all means, do so at DCB Service. Not only are you going to get the good discounts, not only are you going to get the huge selection, but you're also going to get great service. If anything goes wrong with your order, if there's any problem, DCB Service has the customer service to help you out and make you a, a happy customer once again. Uh, a lot more so than, say, Amazon or another giant faceless, uh, uh, you know, uh, an internet entity that you would normally order things from. And like I said, you're going to get prices that are either competitive or cheaper sometimes than Amazon. I, I know I find them all the time. Uh, again, DCB, DCB service and their, uh, com and their, uh, their sister site in stock trades.com. Uh, both of those sites will, uh, save you a lot of money and you're doing business with good people. And we thank you for your sponsorship. So ratings, who wants to go first? I'll take it away. I will give it a 4.25 busters for this episode. It was definitely a solid four right up until the very end scene. Um, like I said before, I'm very cool with this romance. Others out there probably aren't. Others could care less. Um, I'm not exactly a shipper, but I, I've been seeing this coming for a while, and I'm very cool with it, so it, it elevated at least a quarter point for me. Cool episode. Um you know, had some flavors of some past seasons in there, but the, the, the smaller story and all. We needed to take a beat, take a breather from the crazy intense action. I mean, we, we had in the, in the first 
eight episodes of, of this uh, or nine episodes of this current season. So I'm totally okay with everything that happened. Nothing really stood out to, to kill this episode and make it really ridiculously bad. Um, good Walking Dead. Solid. I'm looking forward to next week and just keep it going. I'll give it a 3.75. I I thought this was kind of above average, but not great. I don't know. There was just some weird... I can't even put my finger on it. There was just some weird pacing things that just didn't sit right with me. Uh, so again, I don't I don't think it's bad. I just thought it was kind of okay. And, you know, I, I don't know if maybe if it was edited different or... Uh, you know, maybe directed, maybe maybe a different director. Maybe I would have not been so tough with it. But uh, but again, yeah, I didn't dislike it. But it just uh, it just was kind of above average for me. I give it a four point two five. I'm right there with Craig. I really like this episode. It uh, it's amazing to me that one of the biggest surprises uh, this season was had nothing to do with anyone being killed. You know, <laughs> it was Rick and Michonne hooking up. Yeah. Um, I like the Rick and Daryl stuff with Jesus. I like the uh, Okay, I, I I don't think we mentioned the the Deanna and Tara stuff or Denise and Tara stuff. Um, I like that too. Yeah, um, I mean Tara was even in the episode, but we kind of but you know Denise just kind of carried it, I guess, or spoke to it, right? So yeah, yeah. I don't know. It just um, it it was a good episode. Again, we needed we needed a breather after the relentless pace of action that we've had so far, and this was a good chance to let our actors actually have some character moments together. And I always appreciate that about this show. Because, I mean, ultimately, you know, as cool as the zombie effects are, as as cool as the, uh, the horror elements and the ultraviolence and the villains and everything, I mean, what really brings me back to the show are the characters and their relationships to one another. So uh, I give this a 4.25. Nice. One of the things, uh, not to backtrack too much, but I think we forgot something. I was looking over my notes that was pretty important uh, was – when Carl said that family should, you know, when Deanna should have been killed by family, when he kind of has his, mm-hmm. his conversation with the Michonne right. and he said, you know, I would, I would do it for you. Uh, and I, I think, you know, given what happened in the end of the episode, I think at that point, Michonne was just like kind of overtaken. And we've seen the two of them, Carl and Michonne, we've definitely seen their relationship, uh, grow by leaps and bounds, you know, in the, in the past couple seasons, uh, and so I, th- I think, you know, again, it kind of hit home that in this crazy world, you know, the way you kind of get closure with your, you know, it's, it's a way for you to get closure with your loved ones instead of just letting them be mindless and, uh, you know, and kind of live this existence that it should be, you know, somebody that, that loved you that, that, uh, puts you down, which is kind of, man, it's just such a weird, I mean, it makes it makes sense. I get it, but it's just such a it's such a morbid, unfortunate way that people have to live their lives in this situation. Uh, so, if there is you... someone in your life who likes Nickelback, please, by all means, <laughs> take it into your own hands. <laughs> Put them down. Let it be from someone they love. Oh, you're talking about zombification. I'm sorry. Well, you know, same thing, I guess. <laughs> who cares what we think, guys? Really. When you get right down to it, uh, we have a, a, a 700 member strong uh, Walking Dead TV podcast Facebook group. And guys, if you want to talk about Walking Dead, and I imagine you do because you're fans of this podcast, you're fans of the show, then by all means, join the Facebook group. We're up to 716 members. We got four new members this week. 
awesome stuff. Uh, every week we ask our members what they thought of the show, what their Buster ratings are of the episode, and this week is no different. And thank you, Craig, for throwing up the uh, link in our group, by the way. No problem. Since Aaron wasn't able to this week. Uh, Jeff Rhodes started out with, well, it's about damn time. <laughs> and I, can, I couldn't have said it better. Enough said. Uh, Pamela Burton. Uh, Kim, Pamela Burton, I give it a five. It was a fun and sad episode, and I'm not a shipper, but it's about time Rick and Michonne got together. Uh, DeRay Irvin, five out of five, just amazing. Cool. Uh, Brent, Brent Jones, 4.5. Once you go Michonne, you can't go back out of five. <laughs> Loved it. Enjoyed them showing the dynamics of the new Grimes household. As a white dude married to a black woman, I couldn't be happier to see this on the biggest show on TV. Gay couples, interracial couples... Mm. The show isn't scared to show you relationships that don't always get shown. It's true. Uh, Tanya Royston chimed in, and to show a passionate interracial love scene, kudos. Uh, I've already sent to Marina, all I could say was, ship it. (laughs) (laughs) It was an odd episode. (laughs) Kind of an odd couple feel to it with the curmudgeon Daryl and all of a sudden optimistic Rick. It feels different. This may be what the show needs, as it seemed to have gone super nihilistic recently. Yeah, that's I, I agree with that. Uh, Deanna as a walker did help, or didn't help. <laughs> uh, I'll give this time. Rick and, uh, Michonne and Rick did feel like a couple, and this seems like a natural progression. Yeah. This may be a major de- uh, deviation Gimple was talking about versus the comic. Anyway, five shippers out of five. <laughs> Mary Terpecchia, I'm giving this five. What would Jesus do out of five? <laughs> Probably steal your truck, I would guess. Yeah. Uh, and then kick you with weird Maga you know, moves. Yeah. Um, love the humor of this episode and how it balanced with the sadder scenes of Spencer in the woods. I'm glad they did a time jump, too. Uh, Mike Jones, 3.5. Jesus wigs out of five. My main issue here was Jesus on top of the truck. This guy isn't Batman. Yeah, see? Yeah. He was just too good, too quick. Rick and Michonne together was pretty obviously coming for a long time. And I think it will be good for the storytelling. Room for improvement, but a solid episode. Uh, Cheryl Morris uh, Goodman, 4.8 buddy cop movie scenes out of 5. <laughs> Did either of them say they were getting too old for this stuff at some point? <laughs> <laughs> Lethal uh, weapon. A fun episode, yeah. <laughs> totally different than the last. I, t- I love the new dynamic, though I didn't expect it. Uh, David Boo the third. Uh, four times I'll take this truck out of five. Uh, other than how the whole bait and switch fireworks and later loose ties went down, the episode was well-rounded. It's tough coming off an episode where hundreds of walkers were slaughtered and a couple months went by, and all you could think of was, where's Negan? Yeah. Uh, Seth Tillman, four, five out of Michelle's orange Tic Tacs. Hmm. Uh, was there more product placement there? I missed that. Um, Tic Tacs. Uh, wow. uh, finally, some Rick and Michonne action. Love Rick and Daryl's Beavis and Butthead trip. <laughs> <laughs> Not to mention Jesus is a perfect ninja badass. Uh, Max Sofa, four cans of Crush out of five. Solid episode overall. All I could think of uh, when the firework trick happened was Jesus took the wheel. <laughs> then I giggled to myself for about the next half hour. Uh, Tanya Royston, 4.5. Bow chicka. Wow, wow. There you go. Five. Uh, I think the slower character building episode was needed. The Rick Michonne sequence, yes. A long time coming. The Rick Daryl bromance was just as hot. <laughs> <laughs> Loved Rick swerving the car to make Jesus fall on Daryl. I don't know who Jesus is, but his fighting skill is badass. I'm intrigued. Um, Paul, Mc, uh, Paul McEachern, uh, f- four out of five busters. A great business as usual episode with a strong feeling of menace. 
You knew that Jesus guy was no good and going to come back and haunt them. I understand the morality of play, but man, why bring that dude back to the nest? <laughs> uh, Brent Jones, did it feel like anyone else, like Rick, didn't know about the uh, the Negan foot soldiers? Did they not tell him about it? Um, I don't think they, or maybe they just don't realize the threat. I mean, you could feel you Negan think? out there, though. That's the cool part. Like yeah. you, you feel but, him. Well, do you think? But do and you, he probably wouldn't come alone. Yeah. But do you think that you know Daryl and those guys told Rick about yeah. Negan and that? I oh, think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, but but they're running out of food, so they have to go out and do supply runs. But right. it, but dude, Rick was probably like, "Hey, man, there's two spots for rocket lo- rockets in this case. What the hell happened to the other one?" <laughs> right. <laughs> We're short one rocket. Can anyone explain that? <laughs> uh, Roger Austin, five sunken trucks out of five. Loved it. A nice fun episode after all the drama and tragedy of the premiere. Uh, wasn't surprised at the end, as it seemed a background thing for a while. Almost thought I missed something in last week's episode after seeing the very family-like interaction with Michonne and the Grimes boys at the beginning of this app. Uh, Susan Monk, four breathments or five breathments out of five. Love this episode. I did think Rick, Daryl, and Jesus were the three stooges of this episode, and they were <laughs> hilarious. Uh, my other word for this episode is adorable. adorable. Uh, Ian Timms, four out of five. Who is this guy, and is there a W under his hair? Hmm. I didn't see a W. A pretty hunky door, pretty hunky dunky episode though. Good to see Rick with a girl that can look after herself. That's true. Uh, Richard Chopper Cherry Charrington. I'll give that four point five cans of Orange Crush out of five. A fun episode, a sad episode, and a mysterious episode. Nice little nod to the Invincible comics as well. And yes, Jesus was right. We need to talk, Rick. Remember Jesse, the woman you were falling for, the woman who was torn to shreds last week by Walkers. Uh, P.S. I'm training for the London Marathon this year. Daryl and Rick have given me a great idea for training. I just need to find a truck full of toothpaste <laughs> and someone to steal it, someone to steal it, and then chase it all over the countryside. Uh, Rob Cook, four point five comedy road trips out of five. This is a great episode and some well needed light relief. Uh, really interested to see what Jesus adds to the mix, other than awkward bedward appearances. Uh, Shailen Bensavega mentioned R.E.M. is from Georgia. Don't they have that song, Orange Crush? And yes, they do, actually. Hmm. It's on the album Document, if you want to go find it. And that's what you guys all had to say from the Walking Dead TV Podcast Facebook group. If you want to uh, link to uh, the shows, if you want to link to our, our comment thread here so you, we can read your comments on the next episode. Also, uh, links to uh, Aaron Newer's uh, reviews of each episode of The Walking Dead. Then by all means, join the Facebook group. It's the Walking Dead TV Podcast Facebook group. 716 members strong right now. So, Yeah, and four new ones this week. Absolutely. Keep going. Keep telling your friends. If you like the show, just join the group. We let everybody in. And it's really definitely a troll-free area. Good, great group. These comments are amazing. I mean, I'm chuckling at each one of these. We have some really, really smart uh, viewers out there. So thank you for the comments. It's really funny. And, and someone even posted, shared a video with the group. Um, from the Walking Dead Ultimate Fanatics, where it's that scene of Rick <laughs> and Daryl chasing Jesus to the Benny Hill music, and it's sped up to boot. So uh, definitely check that out. I'm, I'm watching it right now without the sound. It's hilarious. It's like double speed, right? They're going really fast. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> this is pretty funny. Thank you. Actually, Pamela Burton shared that. So thanks for sharing that video, Pamela. We appreciate it. So what else? 
That's it. It's another world. I don't have an episode title for next episode. I mean, this episode was called The Next World. Uh, at least from IMDb, it just says episode 11, which is odd. Usually they have the next episode. I see it um, here. It's called uh, Knots Untie. It's directed by yeah, Michael okay. E. Str- Satrazemus, written by Matthew Negrete and Channing Powell. Nice. Yeah. The, <clears throat> the little blurb I have is, Jesus leads Rick and the group through the dangerous road to the hilltop colony. So, again... If you're a fan of the comic, you'll know what that is. Uh, this is kind of getting into exciting territory for me because uh, where the show is now versus where and the characters and where everybody's at versus where the comic is is fairly different. I mean, things are following along fairly close to the comic as far as, you know, stuff we talked about last week, you know, Jesus coming in, etc. But the fact that the makeup of the group is is slightly different and the fact that the actors playing some of these characters aren't exactly comparable to their comic counterpart, which I think is a good thing, um, it has me kind of excited for how they're going to play this out coming up and how uh, these interactions are going to work. So uh, so this is exciting stuff. I, I think uh, the last half of this season and I think into next season even is going to be pretty exciting to see how, how this this world expands. I think it's been a pretty neat trick too, how they've been able to keep a lot of the big set pieces from the comic. You have set them in different contexts because of the characters and the being in different places yeah. or whatever. Like for instance, the governor's siege in the prison was a lot different in the comic than it was in the, in the show yet, you know, it was a governor's siege on a prison. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. It makes it interesting for me because it's almost like, it's almost like a remix. You yeah. Know, the comic yeah. elements, and the characters, uh, and and kind of like you know, here we go. Here's another take. You know, that's exactly what what Scott Gimble promised. He says, "Look, we're going to weave in and out of the of the comics. We're going to stay on the course, but we're going to divert a little bit. We're going to time jump a little bit, but ultimately we'll stay the course. But the characters could switch around. I mean, look, Daryl isn't even in the comics, right? I mean, he's he's not even there. So it adds a whole different dynamic, right? Right, right there. And uh, this is this is great. I'm really enjoying it so far. Good good season." Agreed. Pretty tight episode, folks. I guess we're we're down one with uh, Aaron being out this week. Uh, I will be out next week, so hopefully we can uh, record and get Aaron back on the show to kind of fill the gap. Tuesday sometimes are better for Aaron, so don't be surprised if next week the episode may be a day later than normal. Uh, but we will be back next week in in some capacity to uh, to talk about episode eleven of season six. Uh, definitely check out the Facebook group, like Jim mentioned, and Craig. Uh, lots of great interaction over there. Lots of lots of uh, folks coming into the group and sharing their thoughts on the episodes and news and all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, Facebook.com slash WDTV podcast. Um, and if you'd be so kind, if you haven't left us an iTunes review, if you're new to the show or haven't uh, have been listening for a while and haven't left us an iTunes review, we haven't had any iTunes reviews for a while now, uh, and it would be great if uh, folks could leave an iTunes review. We'd really appreciate that. Um, it helps elevate the show, gets it recognized, and updates its profile. So, again, uh, any iTunes reviews would be greatly appreciated. Especially during the season, because people that's when people will be looking for a podcast about the show, and the exposure really benefits us even more during the season of the 
show. Yeah, it really helps. I mean, I'm growing. I'm growing a new podcast myself, Auto Chat Show, and it, it's like it takes a while to get picked up on iTunes in a prominent way, and those reviews really help. So if you like the show and you want to get noticed out there, uh, get this show noticed out there. Just give us a quick review, five stars. Definitely helps. Thank you. Absolutely. So if you're into uh, podcasts about geeky TV shows, I imagine you would be because you've been listening to this one for quite a while, then do I have some shows for you to check out? Oh, my. First of all, go to hhwlod.com. You will find there uh, podcasts covering other great genre TV shows, including It's All Connected, which covers all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe television shows. That would be Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and uh, Agent Carter on the ABC side, plus the Netflix shows, uh, all that kind of stuff, hosted by... Your very own Russell Latham from your Walking Dead TV podcast. Um, so if you want to hear more of uh, Russ's erudite uh, speech about television, the bow means head over there. If you want to hear more of my insane ramblings, then join me, Daryl Taylor, and a uh, rotating uh, guest chair every week as we talk about DC television on the DC TV podcast. And right now, that's six shows <laughs> that we're covering every week. A lot. We're kind of not. We're kind of nuts like that. But uh, actually, the podcast has come in under two hours every time. So. Uh, we're right now we're covering Lucifer, uh, Supergirl, The Flash, iZombie, Arrow, and Legends of Tomorrow, and uh, also all the DC TV and movie news that is fit to print. Uh, we're coming down to the wire here on Batman v Superman, and uh, we've been co- uh, you know following that coverage very heavy. But if you watch any of those shows, then by all means, check out the DC TV podcast. Uh, also, uh, Daryl and I do another show weekly called Nothing's On, which is a general topic show about television and movies with professional comedian and professional curmudgeon Donnie Salvo. And that is available on the Taylor Network of Podcasts.com every week, usually posted on Friday or Saturday. Plus, if you missed hearing Aaron this week and you wanted to hear him and I, plus uh, Scott Mendelson of Forbes.com and Brandon Peters of the Cult movie cavalcade podcast then check out out now with aaron and abe aaron's weekly podcast about movies and we did a commentary track for the uh the movie the crow from 1992 love that movie uh, i did too and it was it was great to go back to it after all this time and, and rewatch i haven't seen it in a few years uh we did a really interesting commentary track on it and uh so if you you, you have a fondness for that film definitely check that out that just got posted to the out now with aaron and abe site which is uh, available also on the internets. Um, wow. You guys are busy. Oh, and you guys are busy. Well, <laughs> and one more too. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to, I was going to say, and if you dig cars, then Craig is the man you need to listen to. Absolutely. I thought you had another one. I, I think you're doing so many right now. It's just crazy. I have one other podcast I'm on right now called the auto chat show, uh, facebook.com forward slash auto chat show, autochatshow.com. You can find this on iTunes. Just type in auto chat or auto chat show and it comes right up. And we do a, a, a review of new cars, talk about uh, cars and pop culture. It is a really fun, uh, about an hour or so each hour and 15 each, each show. And, it is even if you're not a car person, we have a lot of fun. Me and my co-host Teddy, just a great guy, and and it's it's uh, very down to earth and very very cool. Uh, if you're into cars, or even if you're not, check us out. We have a lot of new car reviews coming up. Uh, Lexus, Toyota, Honda, uh, GM. We've got some Fords in there. A lot of stuff coming this year. So just keep listening and uh, like our Facebook page as well. I can't wait for you to review the new DeLoreans. You know, I, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll do a piece on that on the next show because I know you talked about that. I'll definitely do that. Yeah, they're pretty cool cars coming out of Texas. 
So that's it for this week. Again, kind of short and sweet. Uh, hope everybody enjoyed it. We will be back next week. Uh, so until there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth, remember, even in the zombie apocalypse, you can find Jesus. And Jesus can find you. <laughs> I saw Jesus at McDonald's at midnight. <laughs> <laughs> so long. If you want to get into... Did somebody fall over? Sorry, no, my keyboard. Oh, uh, He's agreeing with you. Uh, yes, sorry. Trials. No, it's like, 60% off! <laughs> dropped his computer and ran to it. I <laughs> dropped the mic and left. <laughs> Forget this podcast, I'm out of here. Those savings are insane. Um, are you guys still there? I think Russ is shopping right now. He's on. Sorry, oh. I muted my mic. and DCB service. Okay. Dang it. So <laughs> You were buying those McFarlane uh, figures, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, I was buying yeah. as we spoke. Um, <laughs> so ratings. Who wants to go first?